I had this role to have a sit down with the finance team, not just the CFO, but his or her team and talk about what marketing does and how marketing spends money. So it's more about education about how marketing functions, how do the, these individual activities and channels function, when do you need to spend money, when do you decide in those channels. Welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media, and I will be your host and bartender today. This topic has me highly interested. Today, I'm speaking with Avnito Gulati, who is the senior director of global marketing strategy and operations at Visa. And this topic is one that we haven't addressed yet. It is speaking the same language, CMO and CFO alignment. We've talked on this show about CEO alignment and board alignment, but the CFO struggle is real with you marketers. Uh, we dive into how to create alignment, uh, how to get inside the brains and understand the finance team as a starting point, and then tried and true steps on how to gain that alignment. So take a second, grab a drink, and listen as I chat with Avnita from Visa. Vito, welcome to SAS How Full. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. The last time I saw you was in person. We were at a beautiful Ritz-Carlton Resort in Tucson for a CMO retreat. And now I'm in Indianapolis stuck in the bitter cold. How about you? I'm in sunny San Diego. Oh, jealous. I appreciate you joining me. I had reached out to you after our uh, trip together and was curious if there were anything particular that you were really passionate about, if you wanted to join me on this podcast. And I'm super excited that I did because one of the topics that you brought to light is one that we haven't covered. And it is creating alignment between the CMO and the CFO. We have had sessions regarding alignment with CEO, alignment with the board, but this is not a topic that we've explored. So really excited to dive into this today. Uh, but before we do, I want to give our listeners uh, more of an idea of who you are. Can you give us a quick background on your journey into your current role and your experience? Absolutely. Would love to. Side my career way back as an RFP manager. And uh, that was exciting because I got direct alignment with sales, got to learn about how sales kind of get all panicky about RFPs and it's due in two days and some of them are 300 pages long, but it was fun. It was exciting to get to know the products, to get to know sales folks and the industry uh, very fast. And then I pivoted into demand gen, which at that time uh, there was very less tech to go around. So I was doing manual segmentation, customers and prospects and legacy software migration, whatnot. But all that seemed very logical to me, which is why I started to pivot towards marketing operations. And fast forward today, I lead marketing operations and have tech, analytics, database, budget management, all of that under my charter. RFP manager, that literally sounds like my nightmare. I manage a lot of the RFP process at Blast Media, and it's not my favorite, not going to lie. Thank you for that. We're going to dive into our topic, but I wanted to check in with you. I am drinking a Lime Truly, which is one of my favorites. We sent you a cocktail kit. Did that arrive to you? It did, and it looks super fancy. I'm really excited to try that very soon. It's got some really cool ingredients, and it's exciting to get something like this. And you're like, yes, I'm going to try this out when I have some of my me time. I'm looking forward to trying it. 
You're not going to open that cocktail kit for months if you wait for me time. It is called the Theobroma. So for those listening, that is the cocktail of choice for today. Well, Avnita, talk to me about your passion behind this topic. Why is this something that you wanted to discuss, the CMO and CFO alignment? In my past two roles, I inherited budget management. And it seemed like one of those things that there's always contention or there's always like, how do we manage the process of purchase orders and planning and uh, tracking and alignment with how we report out our numbers from an ROI perspective every month, every quarter. So it was one of those things that I felt like I didn't have a good handle on it. And just having that ops background, I just wanted to dive right into it in creating a process, in creating this repeatable rinse and repeat tracking in this communication that I want to have with the CFO or the finance leader, where it would be very smooth. We have used tech in marketing, we use process, governance, SLAs, all of that seemed to be missing in this process. And I just wanted to dive into it and fix it. That's really interesting. In some of our past sessions, I mentioned where we were talking more about board alignment or CEO alignment with the CMO. There was almost this, with other members of the C-suite, this bit of like a power struggle where it's, why is the CFO interested in how I'm executing my function? I'm not asking him or her how they're financing. So why are you so interested in how I'm marketing? If we're equal business value, why are you in my shit? I'm not in yours. And what do you think in dealing with CFOs in the past, what do you think, I don't even know bugs them is the right word, but where do CFOs have confusion about the CMOs and potentially their budgets? I think it stems from, it's an investment, right? Marketing is something the business invests invests in and wants to see what kind of results we are getting. Are we overspending? What has been the past year over your budget? Are we leaving money on the table? So that's bad practice too, as much as overspending is. Equally, not spending is bad practice as well. And what kind of return is marketing bringing to the business? At the end of the day, like I said, it's an investment. So what is coming back? And fortunately, unfortunately, finance has this job of kind of pulling it all together at the end of the month, end of the quarter, so they're looking for very straightforward answers and they seek those answers from sales, from other functions like product and marketing. Everybody just tell us, how is the business? Is it humming? Is it working? So they have the best of intent. I guess it's just taken in the wrong light because it's somebody nagging you for providing numbers and tracking and constantly asking for you to prove that you're doing your job well. But that's not the intention. It's just the nature of the job. It brings you back to the RFP days. You nag people to give you information that's going to get you business. So it's for the right reasons. I do like that headline of knowing that or understanding the intention is good. And putting yourself into that mentality, if you're a CMO and getting asked these questions, is less about why are they in my business or am I proving the value of my work? It's this is how they're proving the value of their work. Their intention is good. It's not to ruin, it's to understand because as part of their discipline, they have to report on all of these things and make recommendations on efficiencies. You had mentioned that what they are looking for is really the top line answers. What do CMOs get wrong when they're asked these questions? Do they tend to default into too much detail in your experience? 
Yeah, I think there's just that natural muscle of being defensive, right? It's let me give you a lot of details. Let me defend every activity that I did that it brought in ROI. And where I started to approach that is not to be defensive, but I took a step back and wanted to really have that dialogue. And the first thing I've done in both of those, in the two jobs where I had this role, to have a sit down with the finance team, not just the CFO, but his or her team, and talk about what marketing does and how marketing spends money. So it's more about education about how marketing functions, how do the, these individual activities and channels function? When do you need to spend money? When do you decide in those channels? Digital channels are very dynamic. So we are constantly optimizing and trying to get the best results. So it's not that we are not being diligent with our money. It's just that sometimes we have to make those trade-offs and move fast. And we can't have a check-in with finance every time. So just creating that relationship, creating that foundation, having that common vocabulary around spend. And that has really resonated with them. And since then, I've not had to explain every time I overspent. It's just like we have the conversation. We're on the same page. We're all informed about the function. So it goes very seamlessly. Is there also discussion around underspending or is it always overspending? It's both. Yeah. No, it's definitely both because you have a forecast of what you're going to spend and what activities you're going to do. And COVID is a perfect example where it'll belly up for us in terms of planning and having these events and trying to figure out how we're going to quickly pivot. So when we're underspending in a certain month, trying to then quickly pivot and decide how we're going to get the same results for the business, the same pipeline or same lead count or whatever it is that we are pursuing in the environment that we are in, we don't want to come across as one that is not careful with the money. So it's it's both ways we had to explain where we are underspending because those channels and activities don't make sense. And that resonated well where we were overspending or where we were pivoting the spend and showing some bit of audit trail. And in the quarter, if we didn't spend in the month, the subsequent month will catch up for the quarter. So it's all good. It's in its common sense. It's really easy conversation, not defensive at all. It goes really smoothly. And you had mentioned this idea of, of what I'm calling like this upfront contract, where it's before you even get into what could be contentious conversations, is have that upfront meeting with that entire finance team so that you both are agreeing to almost these rules of engagement. You have provided to me prior to this conversation almost a version of a blueprint for creating alignment. And I want to make sure that we walk through all of these because I love that it's so actionable. Sometimes I'll have guests on and we talk a lot about the problems and we get a little bit into action items and solutions on how to tackle it. But this is chock full of how, right? So step-by-step of how to create this alignment, which is awesome. So let's start with the first one, which is understanding how the finance team works. What does that mean? Yeah, that's the first step is how do they work in terms of what are they looking for? Why are they tracking this? And how often are they reporting? And what is it that the end report looks like? And who are they rolling up this report to? And if you really dig into it and understand what a day in the life of a finance person, an analyst, manager, CFO looks like, I think you can really see where all of what you provide fits in. So as much as we need to educate them on how marketing works and how our spend works, it's equally important for us to understand what it is that they are faced with, what are they asked for, 
How are they reporting it? How are they tracking it? And sometimes the benefit of that interlock with finance for me has been that once we understand each other's world, it's a monthly commentary in certain times because we've already provided all the background information and they're already equipped with that and they can create a story around that, a narrative around that. And we're just providing one liner, a commentary about we met the spent to forecast. There's our actuals and one or two, three things we are pivoting or doing differently or planning based on what we learned this quarter. You will see some of that kind of trickle down in the following quarters. So just sometimes it's just a commentary. Sometimes it's just how you fit into their ecosystem. And that just makes it easier. In your experience, have you found that most finance teams and CFOs are open to having this initial conversation and letting you into their world? Yeah, I think it, it takes a few uh, attempts. <laughs> I wouldn't lie. It takes a few attempts. Sometimes it's a few months before you can build that relationship, especially when you're in a new company. Or if you are given this budget responsibility more recently, you've got to establish those relationships. It reminds me of the relationship I have with sales operations when it's CRM and marketing automation, right? You've got to build that relationship, that trust that, hey, I'm going to pass the data and we're trying out some new fields or new processes or new SLAs. And if the CRM admin is holding on to their tech very tight, you can get in. It's the same idea. It took a while. It took good about, I want to say, four to six months of that trust building, changing and pivoting on how we're going to report. And now if I contrast that to what it was two years ago, it's completely different. I would imagine there's a, a bit of the same feelings when you feel like the finance team or CFO is nosing around in your business. There might be some of that as well. If traditionally you haven't worked together and all of a sudden you're like, okay, let me into your world. Tell me how you're reporting where they're like, wait a minute. So it's why I asked the question because I would imagine there are some folks who maybe have experienced that situation where it wasn't such an open environment where they would let them in. But it sounds like setting the tables to making sure you're explaining why, not just asking for the information, but why you're looking to do this. So it's easier to work together. You have less meetings trying to go back and forth and communicate. So setting that alignment up front seems key. After you feel like you've gotten an understanding of how the finance teams work, what's the next step? Yeah, then we went to the blueprint that I provided was around planning. So when you're planning your budget for the year, it's so critical to have that partnership, to work with them to provide them early rendering or early drafts of your plan and really collaborate with them to look at what are some of the monies we're asking for or how we are taking money from one activity and investing in the other. Just keeping them involved in that dialogue, in that buildup, in that those draft modes has been so helpful for me. We started planning many months before and it's a process. And the more the closer we keep the finance team, the smoother it goes in the end. Then it's like, all right, we got your input already. We are good to go a month in advance. And it in the past, it used to be crazy town. We would be last minute the night before. Can you give me the final draft or a little bit more tweak? And we got some cuts here or some ads here. And it would be one of those quarterly reports that you have to create and you're scrambling at the last minute. But since we have the relationship, the, the planning has gone so much better, much more smoother because we've had the dialogue and we're planning from draft one, right? What, how do you go about it? The other thing I was going to mention as you brought up the fact about being in my business is that 
what I realized is that finance is having to work with many departments and the nomenclature, the vocabulary of each of those departments is different. And they're trying to reconcile that. One says something, the other one says the same thing differently, and they're trying to collaborate how the business is humming. And they have to put that narrative together. For in, in certain cases, for example, they would work with sourcing or they would work with the department that creates purchase orders. And they're getting different information from there than the information you're providing. So having some kind of this, I call it the, you know, connecting the dots between all of them. And part of the planning, what we did was we added activity codes. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later, but essentially activity codes that are aligned to tactics that kind of go all the way like a golden thread across all of the conversation. I think that piece of advice is really strong in co-developing a marketing budget allocation model. Rather than developing it in a silo with your marketing team, presenting it, and then all of a sudden holes get poked into it, and you have to go back and rework, and then you are up against this deadline, and you have to go back again and create more more work for everyone is developing it together. So by the time it's ready, all any holes that were going to be poked have already been addressed, and you've worked on it in unity, and there's alliance on what that looks like. Does the same go for than setting success metrics against that budget? Definitely. The other thing I've done along with alignment with finance is that we have this whole ROI tracking all the way from spend all the way down. And we have adopted technology that allows us to do that. So I talked about activity codes earlier. Inject those activity codes in the purchase order system. Inject those activity codes in the receiving of any kind of uh, expenses and invoicing inject those activity codes in tech that we use for budget planning and managing our monthly spend and actuals and whatnot. So that golden thread goes across the board and we are able to, and we bucket them into four or five, I think we were up to eight and then we brought it down to four or five, something more manageable, big chunks, right? Big buckets. It doesn't have to be very detailed on every activity, but there are activity codes that you can align on and then have a narrative around. So. Uh, as an example, demand gen has an activity code. So then anything that's rolling up to that, the narrative is very straightforward. And reporting is very straightforward because we know exactly how much we spend in that activity code by region, by business units. So you can look at it across the spread. And then that kind of goes back in, down into our CRM and marketing automation, where we have it uh, separated as in-campaign and out-of-campaign. So that demand gen will definitely go into the in-campaign bucket and whatever results we see in the CRM based on campaign activity code ties back into that demand gen bigger activity code that we started to spend with, the planning with, the the activation with. So all of those things are connected so it makes for a very easy conversation. And once you've developed that budget allocation together, you have your success metrics fairly aligned. Is that then you just run with it? This is your annual budget. Is it quarterly? How often then are, do you suggest you're meeting with the finance team to check in? So we meet once a month and it used to be, in fact, it's funny you asked that because it used to be finance coming to us and having a meeting and checking on things or kind of telling us, hey, you did this wrong or you did this was an overspend or you should have been more diligent about that. And I don't know where this is coming from. It's so much smoother now. It used to be a one-hour meeting where we would always come ready, prepared with answers to defend ourselves, to say, no, but that actually went wrong because then, then that happened and the money was taken away and it was spent over there. And now it's 30-minute check-in once a month. 
And it's, this is great. Everything's okay, guys. 15 minutes and we're done. Use the word, you know, defending, justifying. Anytime that's the feelings that you have, regardless of type of relationship, if that's personal, if that's at work, it's not working. So anytime you're in defense mode, anytime you're in constant justification mode, something is off. And so for our listeners, what Avnita just explained is what you're experiencing. It's not working. And so I would suggest re-listening to this from step one of alignment and start there because really you as marketers shouldn't have to be in justification or constant defense mode. But that might also start with flipping your mindset again on the intention and not taking every question as an attack and reframing that as finance seeking understanding. And then that might quell some of those feelings. So you're saying monthly, but if you've done all these other steps and had alignment, that these should be fairly routine, regular check-ins versus a what's perceived as a battle. That's exactly, it's a check-in. It's like everything okay. And they go so smoothly. It's, it's amazing. And early we used to have all of our leadership on the call, just in case if there was a question that came up on some of the channels that the leadership was managing across these different buckets, they would step in and have to explain exactly what happened. But all of that has dropped off. So myself, my, you know, finance person that manages all the budget on my team and the finance team meet once a month. It's 15 minutes and it's just checking everything. Okay. Everything going smoothly. I've already, I already see the activity codes coming in. I have access to your reporting, your dashboards in the CRM. I feel all good about it. Anything else? It's almost like everybody's asking everybody else, anything else, guys? Anything else we want to talk about? <laughs> like, all right. Great meeting. Very different. Total dream. You had talked about creating activity codes. Love that idea as a way to track budget. Do you have any other suggestions or tips or tricks when it comes to tracking budget or keeping records for audits? Any other advice on that front? Yeah, the one thing we used to run into is that uh, finance used to send a file to us once a month and with all kinds of like reds and yellows and whatnot would go to our leadership a couple of layers above me. And they would trickle down to us, like, what's going on here? I see a yellow here and a red there. You know, what just happened? Can you help me understand? So what we did was we got ahead of it and we sent a report to our two levels above. And so this is the picture of this month. It's broken down again by region, by business unit, by activity code. And those activity codes mean real things like demand gen, corporate communication, digital and brand. Like those are very, very tangible things and the way that the team is structure, right? So it's resonating with, with the leadership. They get it. They feel equipped to have those conversations. And when they get the finance file, it's almost like it's the same. Earlier, Early on, it used to be, let me compare and see if it's the same. Or I see yellows here that I'm looking green on the marketing reporting that they sent over. But that wasn't the case. And now it's become the case where our two levels up is not even looking at the file that, that finance sends. They already have that information. They're already equipped to have that conversation if they do get called out on something or to get asked about, hey, can you help me understand how this happened or what happened here? It just is so much easier. They feel empowered. They feel equipped two levels above. And so the, so, so the tables have really turned to a degree of having that one-to-one relationship, working with finance every day to even two levels above us who go into these meetings where their decisions are being made about the business. Our leader in the, that role, that marketing rolls up to is equipped, is feeling very comfortable 
is not feeling like they have to IM somebody really quick and check on, hey, what happened to that? Can you fill me in on this? There's no such feeling. So that's worked out really well. And then we have these quarterly quick readouts on where the budget is and everybody in marketing is aligned. They understand it. Even the conversations that we have with co-marketers to say, okay, this is family budget, guys. How are we spending this? And it makes for a very easy conversation on which buckets we are putting it in and why. And those are, again, quick check-ins for 30 minutes and off we go. Outside of creating just a an much easier dynamic and relationship with finance, which certainly has its benefits, what you were just describing is sounds more of like creating a marketing advocate outside of the marketing team, which is so powerful. Talk to me a little bit about the benefit of that as an outcome. That's a really important one. I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that uh, because that's exactly what has happened is if there is any kind of budget availability, if there is any kind of opportunity that the business is pre- presented with for investment, marketing is on the docket to be considered because we are good stewards of spending money. We have our things together. We got our shit together, like you said before. You got to get our shit together. Appear very organized. We have our operational pieces all in place and tracking all in place. So when the business is looking for that investment at the leadership level, they're able to ask for that money. They're able to make a case for it very quickly. And then to your point, we have advocates in the room along with the CFO agreeing to the fact that, yes, we should invest in marketing because I'm very clear on exactly how they're spending the money, where it is going, and what benefit it's bringing to the business. And to have a CFO speak up for for you in a boardroom asking for money is a different feeling. Let that sink in. Can you imagine in a board meeting and you already are like, oh, I'm going to ask for more money. This is going to be rough. And all of a sudden, CFO says, yes, and I agree. That's a reasonable request and a worthwhile investment. Can you imagine? And that's huge. Avnita, this has been awesome. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to make sure that we hit on today? I think you touched on all the key points, planning, communication, and operationalizing your process. If we can stick to those three, I think we have a really good case to make for our spend. I love this. Hopefully, everybody's pens were smoking and you were taking notes accordingly. I just aged myself. I still do handwritten notes. I'm sure there's many of you who are typing away. That is just not me. I do not like to be uh, transcribing. I like to be writing in headlines. As we end out every episode of Nita, I ask if you have a favorite or a signature toast to send us out. I think I would say enjoy the holidays and cheers to health and happiness and enjoy your time together with your family and friends. I will absolutely drink to that. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again to Avnita for joining me today on SAS Half Full. That was awesome. It's a topic that I hear talked about uh, in groups and at networking events, but not one that I hear addressed publicly all that often. So hopefully you all were able to take away something interesting, maybe shift your mindset about the finance team a bit. We had sent Avnita a cocktail kit. They are oh so fancy. And guess what? We can send you one too. If you want to spice things up for the holidays, maybe bring one as a gift, we can help you out and deliver a booze kit directly to your door. Just head over to our friends at shakerandspoon.com forward slash half full and you'll get 10 bucks off your first cocktail kit order. As always, I appreciate the listen and until next time, bottoms up.